That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Cara Denisio. And I'm Dr. David Miller, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting it all together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of health care. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you need to know about. All right, you know we talk a lot about iron on this podcast. It comes up with almost every guest. Which makes sense. It's the world's most common nutrient deficiency after all. So we were really excited when Ferapro reached out to sponsor TNP in recognition of us championing the importance of iron deficiency. Well, let's get right to the point. Iron deficiency is often inappropriately assessed or diagnosed and is very often inadequately treated. Which means it will leave you or your patients feeling tired and literally pulling their hair out if it doesn't fall out first. And often the dose just isn't enough. We have typically only had a lower dose 30 milligram iron supplement available for our dispensaries. So we've been having to send patients to the pharmacy for higher dose products that may be hard on the gut or have a lot of binders, artificial colors, and fillers. But thankfully, Ferapro has been solving this problem for over 20 years with their lineup of intelligent and clean pharmacist-formulated iron products. I love that the Ferapro lineup includes a 30 milligram, 75 milligram, and their high dose 150 milligram iron per cap so that you can have the right dose right there when your patient needs it. If you think your patients would benefit from Ferapro, send an email to info at ferapro.com. Thanks for listening, and now on to the show. Hey, Dr. Dave. Hey, Dr. Kara. Here we are, just the two of us. It's just the two of us. Again. Again. Really yes. again. Yes. Right? I know. We know that this is the second time we're doing this, but you don't. Well, you do now. Anyways, we, we recorded a beautiful episode, and then we had technical difficulties. So we're going to do it again because we love it so much, and it's super important. What's it on? Yeah, it was it was pretty sweet. We uh, got it done in 20 minutes, um, and our goal is to give you a 20-minute run-through of what the menopause transition looks like and what some of the hormone changes you'll notice and kind of some things as you go through perimenopause through to menopause. It's a big ask to get that done in 20 minutes, but we did it. So we know we can do it again. We can do it again. And this okay. is my jam. This is what I talk to I my know. patients about all day. Uh, so, um, and I think it's important. The reason why we're recording this is that a lot of my patients come to me and say, Kara, what are my hormones doing? Are they supposed to be changing? What's happening? I didn't know this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think just maybe a really brief, like, like eagle eye view, um, the landscape, the landscape of yeah. what possibly this might look like, although there's going to be, there is a massive individual variation. So we'll throw around terms like pre-menopause, perimenopause, menopause, post-menopause, yeah. uh, early, early, uh, post-menopause. We're right? going to go through all the definitions. Okay, yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So where did we start last time? I think we started with uh, the beginning, sort of the beginnings that are sort of prerequisites before even menopause happening, which means sure. menarche, right? Basically, is that a good oh, place to start? Oh, we did go back there. We I did go all that. the way to the origins there. I think, um, yeah, before we can get to menopause, which means the pause, um, the pause of menstruation or the pause of the monthly cycles. Yeah. Um, it's a great place to start way back when you first start getting your periods um, as a teenager. At or puberty. younger. You remember we talked to you, it's pretty young, right? Yeah, it, it is can happening be, it a can little be bit very younger. Young. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, which could be a whole other episode. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so you start getting your period, a regular monthly period um, and a menstrual cycle around your teens. It takes a little bit of time for the brain to develop and that whole kind of, I always call it a symphony mm-hmm. to get going. What are the first um, ones like? Uh, the first ones can be, it, it's very individual, but in teens, it's more likely to have a more variable cycle um, and more menstrual pain. Like those are the two things I really see happening mm-hmm. in teens. And that's just their body getting used to it. That brain ovary connections a little bit immature. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that they have to suffer through that. There's lots of things we can do, but um, it takes a little while to get going, but eventually you kind of establish that monthly uh, menstrual cycle. Um, And here, these are kind of called the reproductive years. Um, And it's really a good time to start understanding what, what you are on your hormones, right? Like Mm -hmm. if hormones were your drugs, which they are, they're really influencing like you, you like drugs uh, on a daily basis. It's a really great time to understand what your hormones are doing, how you feel on your hormones, how do you feel when your estrogen's high or how do you feel when it's starting to come down? Um, mm-hmm. How do you feel when you have progesterone or you don't have progesterone? Um, that window premenstrually, so those PMS type of symptoms that many women get um, are a little, um, I, I don't know if I've seen research on this, but I see this clinically where, um, you know, how you feel premenstrually is a similar hormone pattern to what you might experience at menopause where those hormone levels are at their lowest state of the cycle. Did we say that last time when we recorded this? I don't think we we did. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay, Okay. cool. All right. A little foreshadowing, the PMS foreshadowing. Yeah, for sure. So if you're, for example, if your mood is really affected premenstrually, I can't guarantee it, but my guess is your mood is sensitive to hormone changes and you might really see that show up at menopause. Cool. Or if you have, if you have uh, fairly heavy periods, um, then in the hormone changes of the perimenopause years, you might be really susceptible to having super heavy periods. Um, and so uh, it's just a good time to understand what your hormones are, what your cycle's doing, and how you feel through it. Um, because we call that your, your fifth vital sign, your period really is a good gauge on your health mm-hmm. and understanding how you feel through it can be actually really powerful. Cool. Okay. So this is pre-menopause. Is yeah. this technically pre-menopause? Pre-menopause or um, we, the reproductive years. Okay. Yeah, for okay. sure. And then, then we get into this uh, stage called perimenopause. And so this is the stage before the final menstrual period, and it can last anywhere um, I mean, if you read a definition, it'll say four to eight years, possibly even up a, up to a decade before um, your final period or before menopause. Um, and these are the years where um, the the cycles start to change a little bit. 
and then eventually quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason for this is that the ovary just isn't necessarily um, kind of, it's it's kind of getting tired. It's not Mm -hmm. doing its, uh, it's not ovulating anymore, which produces the progesterone. Um, And I shouldn't say anymore. It's perhaps just not doing it as robustly Mm -hmm. or perhaps starting to skip some cycles where you don't ovulate. And that's really throwing the menstrual cycle um, off. And so we're going to get changes in our experience of our periods and throughout our cycle. So is it the ovary that sort of checks out before the brain all the time? Yeah, because the brain eventually will, the brain... Uh, just like we talked about for thyroid um, mm-hmm. in our episode with uh, Dr. Rothwell, um, the brain, especially as we lead up to menopause, is actually starting to yell at the thyroid, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, at the ovary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the brain's really trying to get it to go, but the mm-hmm. ovary just isn't responding. And that's why it's one had of, enough of the reproductive years. It has. It's it's had uh, it's it's done its thing, mm-hmm. and uh, it uh, and there's many there's many different thoughts of ovarian aging and things that um, in- increase that rate and things like that. Which and s- I, sorry, and in speaking of aging, yeah. what age range are we looking at in this sort of window that we're talking about here? So. Um, the uh, why don't we pause the perimenopause? Okay, and let's do that. We okay. should we should do that first. So the definitions here: the average age of menopause, or the average age of kind of the last not having a period, is about the age of fifty-one. Menopause, we're not. Um, a f- menopause is one day. So menopause is the day that you've not had a menstrual period for a full year. This is where I have to feign surprise because we talked about this. You the were first really time. surprised. I was really time. surprised. You menopause is a day. Yeah. So does that mean perimenopause is sort of uh, given that name in reference to like sort of after the fact, because you have to know when menopause happens? Remember, because um, I think you said something about like menopause is a day, so you only know when it happens sort of after the fact. And then yes. once it's done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So mer- menopause is, you can only officially say here is, I've arrived at menopause when you've not had a period for a full year. Mm-hmm. Perimenopause is the time around menopause. Mm -hmm. Um, we also call that the menopause transition. Um, and it's faster or slower in like longer or shorter in different cases. Totally. Yeah. Okay. And we'll go through those stages. Uh, Cause that's a pretty significant time of care of what the F is happening yeah. here. Um, we can have menopause that's for different reasons though. So um, age 51 is the most average age in North America of um of menopause of not having a period for a year. Um, there's a couple other ways to get there though. So a hysterectomy, uh, would be one if it includes the ovaries as well. So a full hysterectomy where the ovaries and uterus are removed for any reason, um, that would put you into what we call surgical menopause. That crash is pretty, pretty pronounced. Um, and, uh, that, that, uh, can give us some therapeutic, um, things that we really need to think about in those cases. And it makes sense that it's such a dive, right? You've yeah. taken it out. So yeah. it sort of makes sense. It's a okay. pretty big dive. Yeah. Um, unlike men whose testosterone just comes down subtly 3% a year. Mm-hmm. Um, surgical menopause is, is a, a significant impact on, Abrupt. on women. Yeah. yeah. And then same thing, we can have more like um, uh, medical causes of menopause. This is usually related to uh, therapies surrounding cancer, mm-hmm. um, whether that's pelvic radiation or certain chemotherapies, um, which so sort just... of unintended consequences of yeah. something else. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, probably intended, but it's a means to like, 
you know, in those cases, we're needing those, those therapies. And mm-hmm. unfortunately the consequence sometimes is that it's going to impact mm-hmm. ovarian function. Um, and so early menopause is considered if it's happening before the age of 45. And then there's another term, if you're losing your period and not having a menstrual cycle before the age of 40, we're calling that uh, premature ovarian insufficiency, which used to be called premature ovarian failure, <laughs> which is what I still called it until you smartened me up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's a walk through some of the terminology and then anything after menopause is called post-menopause. So mm-hmm. if you've not had a period for a year, that's your menopause birthday. And then anything after that we call, um, uh, post-menopause. I admitted, uh, that when I do in my charts, I do menopause as a, an assessment, but really I guess it should be postmenopausal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Just a phase of it's they're, they're, they're not diagnoses either, right? They're mm-hmm. a phase of life. Just like, I mean, pregnancy is a stage of life or puberty is mm-hmm. a stage of life. It's just kind I of still put it in my charts, Kara. I, I do too. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I do too. Cause those stages can tell us a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, and then let's just weed out here, this, uh, perimenopause stage. Cause this is the stage that is Probably the most symptomatic. The is hormones, it the most roller coastery? It is the most roller coastery. Like uh-huh. hold on to your hats. Uh-huh. This is like the loops and twists and like uh, super nosedive yeah. crashes. Um, and so the the perimenopause transition. Um, so this these years before menopause four to eight years, maybe up to 10 years is going to be very different. Some women, this might be as early as the age of 35. Um the first changes are you're just going to start noticing changes to the character of your cycle. So you might still, or you will still be getting a regular menstrual cycle, obviously, unless something else is happening. Um, so the, the period might be still coming every month, like mm-hmm. every 28 days, every 30 days, uh, just like you always have. Um, but there's just changes to what the period or the time around the period looks like. Um, and so that might be, um, heavier periods or it might be new breast pain or, um, super PMS mood changes. Um, it might be new onset insomnia, or you might start to get like hot flashes before the period. Um, there's, there's a really good chart that, that shows us some of those, um, changes that we're going to start to see early on in the perimenopause transition. And then eventually we get to what we actually define as early perimenopause. This is maybe three, four, five years out. Um, and this three is five, where three, four, five years out from, out from menopause. Okay. Yep. And this is where things like, um, the, the actual length of the cycle, um, might vary by about seven days. So where you might've normally had a, say a 28 day cycle, perhaps now you're getting more like 21 day cycles or. So is this the brain sort of finally catching on that the ovaries like tired and sort of like ready to tap out? Cause now this, now the cycle uh, length is changing. Cause mm-hmm. what I was thinking, again, you're the expert here. Yeah. So I'm let me, I might look like a fool here, but the beginning, it seems like the timing, which is more centrally con, uh, controlled, like mm-hmm. brain, pituitary, all that hypothalamus. Uh, so it's still on cycle, but the we're getting tired downstairs. Yeah. And it, it actually is related to the ovarian response. So uh, for example, if the ovary, if it's a cycle where you don't ovulate, you're not making an egg, you're not making progesterone, it's progesterone that holds that uterine lining. Mm-hmm. So you might get a bleed earlier, mm-hmm. right? 
or you might have a really, um, in this phase, your estrogen can really, uh, there's a great book called the estrogen storm season. It's really a rocky road for estrogen. Sometimes it is like supercharged really, really high. Um, so it's really stimulating the lining of the uterus. And then other times, Mm -hmm. um, it's really low. Um, so yeah, in that early, early perimenopause stage, you might start to get just changes to the cycle length. And then eventually like one to three years before, um, before menopause is going to happen, you're going to start getting uh, periods of amenorrhea of not getting your period. So that might be, um, we're kind of saying it's late perimenopause. If you've gone more than 60 days without a period and you might do that and might come back every month and then kind of skip another 60 days. Yeah. Um, lab wise, we had like the criteria here are that, um, an FSH level. So that's a brain hormone level mm-hmm. is starting to shout. So mm-hmm. an FSH over this over 25 is pretty indicative of us going into that late perimenopause stage. Like mm-hmm. the brain's starting to really, kind of speak loudly mm-hmm. at the ovary. Whereas by the time we get to menopause, that FSH level is actually up in the eighties, nineties, a hundreds plus. Mm-hmm. Um, so the brain's like, wake up yeah. little ovary. Come on, come on, come on, wake up. And yeah. at some point it's, it stops. I almost to... broke out into a song, wake up little Susie there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, this, this time is really hard. And I have a lot of patients who are finding this, the perimenopause transition, um, it can be really challenging. It's not the same every month, you know, it, it looks different. And then the symptoms are quite, um, like the symptoms of those chain hormones really being quite rocky mm-hmm. can be really hard to get your feet on the ground. Um, we can do it. Um, mm-hmm. like it, it's not a time for women to, to suck it up and, and kind of just try to force through. Um, but it's a time, it's a really a good time though, where if you understand your hormones, it's not like the full treatment, but understanding what's happening and what different months look like and what the hormones are doing can be really impactful. Yeah. It sounds like the most uh, changeable and therefore like maybe anxiety causing or whatever, because maybe in your reproductive years, you're pretty sure of, you know, you have little changes now and then, mm-hmm. um, then postmenopausal, it's, it's a little bit more flatlined, mm-hmm. right? So this part is like crazy roller coaster. Yeah. It's like, what is happening here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of a good journey through, through menopause. Um, I mean, it might be frustrating for our listeners because I'm not offering any, um, ideas of how we approach this. Um, but honestly, understanding is literally the first step. It really is important. Yeah. It's a, it's a good over overview of the landscape and terminology. Cause if you don't know the language, it's going to be hard to understand, Mm -hmm. um, the different perspectives on it. Okay. Yeah. And I think uh, like part of the assessment here is, is me like learning about the cycles, like asking my patients what they're doing. Um, Lab testing can be really helpful um, in which we're looking at estrogen levels. We can look at progesterone, see if we have ovulatory cycles um, and then just seeing where that FSH is. Um, really simple testing. We don't have to get, you know, we don't have to do fancy $300 Mm -hmm. Dutch testing here. Um, it's just, you know, just simple ideas, uh, or or simple testing so that the patient has an idea of what's happening. And then we just manage each step, um, as things come up. First thing I think about that testing though, is if it's in that, uh, perimenopausal time where it's super roller coastery, Mm -hmm. um, testing, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a blip in time, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's a, it's a picture. 
yes. not a movie. So does does that mean you have to have multiple rounds of testing at different times in your changing cycle? Because now you don't even know like what's yeah. what are the what, the goalposts are moving all the time, right? So yeah. do you have to have a couple rounds of testing usually? Yeah, some t- I usually just start with with the patient uh, charting their cycle. And then we'll kind of get an idea of different types of cycles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a patient might say, you know, I didn't have a period for 60 days there. That's going to test very differently than when you're getting a period all the time. Um, it can be really helpful though, because we can take that snapshot and then match it up to where the periods were and match it up to clinical how, signs and symptoms. Yeah. Wow. What an and, idea. And match it up to how, how they're feeling. So mm-hmm. I can say, Hey, this cycle, you didn't ovulate your estrogen though is through the roof. Like mm-hmm. it's like 2000, like by menopause it's going to rest under 40, but right now it just is raging, but you're not ovulating. So your progesterone is like very, very low or zero. Mm-hmm. And so this is what it feels like to you. And then we can start to address that imbalance. Um, uh, that's the value of seeing an expert who understands the language of, of hormones. And, and uh, that's why when I get a, a patient in this situation, I just call you. Yay. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot to, it, you know, and I think we've talked about your understanding of uh, hormones and menopause and, and all that. And it just, gets, it just gets deeper and deeper as you get into it, right? Like you, the understanding, of the, the, the depth of your understanding just continues to grow. And I, uh, I fully recommend people seeing someone who understands the depth of, uh, well, menopause, but any other condition mm-hmm. too. So yeah, I love, I love getting labs back and, and telling a patient, I know you do. uh, you're going to get a period in two weeks. And they're like, no, I'm not, please don't tell me that. I'm like, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, I mean, the, and the labs are nothing without putting the clinical picture so together important. and a so little, important. there's a little bit of intuition or, um, Maybe it's not intuition. No, it's, it's just pattern, rec- it's pattern recognition. Patterns. Yeah. yeah. Intuition might get a bad uh, rap, but okay. really it's pattern recognition you're doing there, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I think that's a great uh, sort of introduction sort of to uh, menopause and um, and everything that surrounds it. Yeah. A, a ride through menopause. Yes. All right. Thanks for we can, taking us We can do ride. other episodes on some solutions at some point, but... Uh, Thanks for coming on the ride with us. All right.